Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Sam Ellinger era begins this week for the Colts. And the bullpens have been cooking for both teams. So who will have more clutch hits in the World Series? The Houston Astros or the Philadelphia Phillies? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. We'll get to Bailey Zappi supplanting Mac Jones on Monday Night Football in a moment. The Indianapolis Colts shocked the NFL world on Monday when Frank Reich told Assembled Media that Sam Ellinger would be the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts moving forward. Yes, Matt Ryan is injured, but that is not the only reason that this move is being made. This team at 3-3-1 three, three and one, coming off a loss to the Tennessee Titans. Joining me now, Jake Arthur from Locked on Colts. And Jake, I guess the, the basic question here is why make this move now? Yeah, I'm a bit surprised. There's been plenty of fans that have been calling for this, but those of us in the media have said, yeah, maybe that'd be nice as a change, but it's just not going to happen. You know, Frank Reich and Chris Ballard are both on the hot seat. And so making a taking away a 15-year veteran quarterback who gives you some security for a total unknown seems like a, a real wild card to play. Um, but, you know, right after the game on Sunday, Frank Reich said, Matt Ryan is our quarterback. You know, there's a conversation with Jim Ursay later that night. Funny how tones change after that, right? Uh, but no, this this team has not gotten off to the start that they hoped for or expected at all. And they've tried, they're trying everything at this point. New new offensive line combinations all the time. Uh, Deion Jackson is more involved now as a running back with Taylor and, and Naheem Hines. And now, why not inject a new quarterback into it? Um it's it's I, I'm not sure if it's like a job saving move or just a, you know, we either see what this kid has and he's going to be a pretty good quarterback moving forward or he locks us into a nice draft pick. You know, it's there's so many possibilities. Just it's a huge unknown. This, I think, raises an important question about Chris Ballard's process, right? He has gone the bridge quarterback route the for what the last four years, essentially. And so now that you're staring down a season in which you're probably not going to win that many games with Sam Ellinger. um, And so like, what do you think? How does this move now change at all the way that you view the approach from Chris Ballard and and by extension, Jim Mersey going the bridge quarterback route rather than say drafting and, and figuring it out? Yeah. The, the bridge quarterback routes clearly not the way obviously anymore. And when they when they traded for Matt Ryan, I think it was under the assumption that this offensive line was going to be pretty good, and it has not been. And even when Ryan has had time to pass, he just looks shell shocked now. Some of his some of his biggest bloopers this year have come from a relatively clean pocket, or where he didn't have someone breathing down his neck. Uh, so just making this move now, it it just seems like. He, you know, he's, I just don't think he's well equipped for this offense, how it's performing. I don't think the line is going to get fixed this year and being an older quarterback, who's never really been known for, for his feet. Uh, it's time to get someone in there who can ad lib a little more and, you know, extend plays and find the guys downfield. And 
I mean, the, the Colts offensive line was terrible in the preseason, as you would <laughs> expect. Uh, and Sam Ellinger, you know, he got rocked several times, but he balled out. Like, he was a star during the preseason, despite being under constant duress. So if it's going to happen, why not see what he can do during the regular season? So how does this change the way that you view the path forward for the Colts? If this is going to be a season where you're trying out uh, a young quarterback who has never really gotten a chance to play in the NFL, then that changes, it seems, the way that this organization views this team. You go get Matt Ryan, you're saying, we think we can compete now. We're a playoff team. You were almost a playoff team, if not for you know a loss to the Jaguars in Week 18 last year. But this feels like an admission hey, we're further away than we thought. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. Um, I, this seems like an act of desperation, honestly, because I think they knew just from the last few years, they were staring at 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one by the end of the year. You know, that's does that get in your playoffs? Who knows? But it just sits you right into mediocrity. And it, it's time for a Hail Mary. Like, this is either going to go really poorly and – Ellinger's only going to win you a couple games, or maybe he's the spark this offense needs to really get going. Stay up to date all year on the Indianapolis Colts by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Colts podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, who will win this upcoming World Series? The obvious favorite Houston Astros or the plucky underdog Philadelphia Phillies? Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all your gambling needs. Here's a few lines from tonight's early season slate of NBA games. The Detroit Pistons on the road against the Washington Wizards. Bet Online likes the Wizards by five and a half in that one. And the defending champion Golden State Warriors head to Phoenix to face the Suns. Bet Online has the champs as underdogs with the Suns favored by two and a half. Bet Online, where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Mac Jones played three drives for the New England Patriots on Monday night and then found a seat on the bench. Bill Belichick chose to replace him with Bailey Zappi, who would then lead the Patriots down the field for a touchdown. The rest of the night didn't go quite as well for Zappi, and yet Mac Jones never re-entered the game. Could be a changing of the guard. What started as a foggy night in Foxborough becomes a disastrous night for the New England Patriots as they fall to the Chicago Bears 33-14 at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Monday night football, the Patriots fall to 3-4 on the 2022 season. And it'll be interesting to see where the team goes from here, especially at the quarterback position. Mac Jones originally gets the start, coming back after the three-game shelving because of the high ankle sprain. Mac didn't fare so well in this one, folks. Two series, two three-and-outs, and then a disastrous interception leads the Patriots to go to Bailey Zappi, who ignited the crowd for a brief period after leading the Patriots to back-to-back touchdown drives. However, as the game wore on, Bailey struggled as well, committing three turnovers, very difficult time at the line of scrimmage, and the New England Patriots just could not muster anything offensively. But the story on this one, folks, really was the defense. Chicago rushing for 243 yards as a team, dominating the line of scrimmage, and Justin Fields continuing to make plays with his legs and also make plays on passing plays. New England Patriots right now have a lot to cover and a lot of questions to answer, especially with the 5-2 New York Jets looming on the horizon in Week 8. We'll continue to break it all down for you each and every day this week on Locked On Patriots, 
proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe and download wherever you get your podcasts, your team, every day. A big move for the New York Jets. They have acquired James Robinson, running back from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jags saw this move coming. The James Robinson era in Jacksonville is over as the Jaguars has traded the third-year running back to the New York Jets for a six-round pick, which could turn into a fifth. It's not enough compensation. But uh, the alarm went off in my head, not when Travis Etienne started getting the bulk of the carries, but it's when Jermichael Hasty started getting more of the carries behind ETN, and I was wondering what's going on with J-Rob. Well, now we found out. J-Rob is no longer a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He will go up to New York to play with the New York Jets, and the Jaguars receive only a six-round pick that could turn into a fifth-round pick. So now we have the answer. Travis ETN is now running back one, without a doubt, here in Jacksonville. This is going to be talked about for a minute. We'll see how the fans feel about it. We'll talk about it tomorrow on Locked on Jaguars. In an interview with ESPN's Malika Andrews, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said that he believes the incentives to tanking have diminished. Between the flattening of lottery odds to adding the play-in tournament, Silver sees few reasons to tank for high-profile prospects, including French phenom Victor Wembanyama. You're dealing with a 14% chance of getting the first pick, Silver said. A 14% chance is better than a 1% chance or a no percent chance, but even in terms of straightforward odds, it doesn't benefit a team to be the absolute worst team in the league. Okay, Kamish, but teams are going to still try and be really bad so they can get a 1% chance at Victor Wembanyama. He is that good. The Michigan and Penn State football team got into a halftime shouting match in the tunnel at Michigan Stadium during their game on October 15th. After the game, Penn State head coach James Franklin said there should be a policy in place to keep that from happening in the future. But Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh thinks otherwise. I really got bigger fish to fry than uh, Coach Franklin's opinion on uh, the, uh, the halftime tunnel from, from a game ago. But... Uh, all they got to do is walk into, the, into their locker room. If you saw, saw cl- pretty clearly that they completely stopped, they weren't letting us get up the tunnel, and uh, it just seemed like such a such a such a sophomore ploy to try to keep us out of our locker room. And, uh, and he he looked like he was the ringleader of the whole thing. So, uh, but now I got bigger fish to fry than worry about that kind of. Here is another story you need to know. The World Series is set, and it's one team everyone thought would be there, the Houston Astros, and another team that everyone except maybe NL East fans are really excited got there, the Philadelphia Phillies. A feel-good story taking down team after team throughout the playoffs, which means to preview all of this, we have the benefit of two of the best, Brett Chancey from Locked on Astros and Connor Thomas from Locked on Phillies. And guys, this is going to be, I think, a really fun series. Astros are the heavy favorites. So I'm going to start with you, Brett. What is the biggest advantage you see as Houston having over the Philadelphia Phillies in this series? Well, I think it's clearly our pitching staff and our relief pitchers have only given up three runs in 30 innings. And so when you look at what they've been able to do, the Mariners, for all intents and purposes, in game one of the ALDS had every reason to win 
and possibly take over that series and really shock the world. The Astros offense woke up and we came back and Jordan Alvarez had the historic home run. But it's been our relief pitching. It's been like Luis Garcia, five innings. It's been Hunter Brown. It's been Hector Neres, Montero, Stanek, all of the players that are out there. Ryan Presley, who is nine for nine in saves in the postseason, he is has been impeccable. And there could be a case for Ryan Presley being the ALCS MVP because he got three saves out of the four games. I think our pitching is key. The way that Dusty has deployed the pitchers, relief pitchers, the starters, it has been a master class. And I think it is probably Dusty's best handling of a bullpen in his entire career. So, Connor, let's let you jump in here because this is this is going to be something that we, we see every year in the postseason. How does your pitching hold up when the stakes are at its highest? And the Phillies have, in a lot of ways, come through when the stakes have been at their highest in this postseason. So let's just take Brett's point. What can Philly do to counter what he sees as a big advantage in the bullpen pitching? Yeah, and the bullpen's incredible. The thing is, the Phillies have two arms that can be competitive with anybody out there. And Jose Alvarado and Sir Anthony Dominguez. You're getting 100 from the right side with Sir Anthony. And just incredible stuff uh, with multiple pitches to get you out on. And then Jose Alvarado only has two pitches, but they, they might be two of the top 10 pitches in baseball right now with 102 potentially out of the left side and a cutter that's unbelievable and seems unhittable for any lefty on the planet. So it'll be those two guys that'll have to run the show. The depth isn't quite there, which is a problem. But if you can get to the eighth inning, oh, the Phillies are a really, really tough team to beat. So let's talk about th th this Phillies lineup because Bryce Harper has been absolutely on one in the postseason, but it hasn't just been Bryce Harper. They're getting clutch hitting, of course, also from Bryce Harper. So if we're if we're going to talk about this Astros bullpen, what do you see from this Philadelphia lineup, Connor? That, that gives you the confidence to say, okay, this team can score enough runs, especially after inning five, inning six, mm -hmm. inning seven, to pull out some of these wins. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Bryce Harper is the best player on planet Earth right now, uh, and he's absolutely unbelievable. So anytime he comes to the plate, you feel like you have a chance for something special to happen. And you saw proof of that in game five with the uh, the late home run. But outside of him, this team has been really good in clutch moments at grinding out at bats, especially some of the young players. Bryson Stott has had some really huge at bats, uh, pitch count wise, and just feeding gaps over and over. Uh, Brandon Marsh has had a he had a rough NLCS, but in the DS he had some huge at bats against some really good Braves pitching out of the bullpen. They have just the guys that aren't going to get you the big hit very often still are going to give you really big at bats and that they're going to see seven or eight pitches and foul a bunch of stuff off regardless of the result. So that's the saving grace of this lineup of the guys who are not the big names. They're at least going to trouble you with the pitch count if they're not the ones getting the big hits. Stay up to date all here on the Houston Astros by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Astros podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, who are the guys not named Jordan Alvarez that will deliver big hits for the Astros in the World Series? Brett, when when you look at this Astros lineup, um, certainly, I mean, when you win over 100 games, you got to be able to, to hit. And this team can absolutely do that. How how do they get more out of the guys not named Jordan Alvarez? And, and certainly, Jose Altuve, they've got plenty of other guys who can hit. But how do they get 
how do they maximize this lineup against, as Connor mentioned, some guys that throw some serious heat, especially in that bullpen? Well, I think the key is to their approach. I think the weakness for guys like Altuve is they got outside of themselves. They swung a lot of – there was the one game where he was 0 for 7, the 18-inning game where they ended up beating the Mariners. But of the 25 pitches he saw, 18 of them were outside of the zone and he didn't hit a single one of them. He maybe fouled one or two off. He the only two he only fouled off two of the or he only hit two of the eight pitches that were in the zone and he just he was he was trying to do too much. And when they allow the pitchers to throw outside and not chase, have the plate discipline that Alex Bregman has, why he's one of the leaders as a third baseman in postseason history for RBIs, especially with runners in scoring position. That's why you have Kyle Tucker, who is an absolute monster against left-handed pitchers as well. This team has to force the pitchers to bring the ball into that strike zone. If they can force the ball into the strike zone, Jordan Alvarez, Jeremy Pena, and Yuli Gurriel, who has been an absolute zero at the plate for most of the season, has turned back into hitting champ Yuli Gurriel. And so I think at the end of the day, he is going to have a phenomenal series versus the Phillies. And I think guys like Jeremy Pena, they've got to lay off the low sliders. they got to stay off the pitches away. If they don't expand the zone too much, force the Phillies pitchers in, I think that's a recipe for success. All right. Quickly, I'm going to go to each of you. Let's let's st- stick with Brett here. Brett, what is the key to this series for the Houston Astros, the wild card? And and what does that mean for how you think this series ultimately plays out? I believe the key to this series, again, is going to be Dusty Baker and how he deploys the bullpen. That is going to be really hiding that's really going to ride heavy on how the starters perform. So I need the starters to come out and not make mistakes because I don't think this Phillies lineup is going to be as impotent as, you know, basically the Yankees were, the Yankees didn't hit much. So the starters come out solid. He dusty Baker continues to deploy the bullpen arms at the right time. And the Astros hitters put up a crooked number here, a crooked number there. This team averaged 4.45 runs throughout the postseason so far, and they've won seven of the seven games they've played. If they score four to five runs each game, I think the pitching holds it down and they're able to beat Philadelphia. All right, Connor, why is everything Brett just said wrong? No, what what is <laughs> what is for you the wild card, the key, and, and how you think that ultimately affects the outcome of this series? The best part is, is it has nothing to do with anything going on on the actual field of play. It's the fans. It's Citizens Bank Park. It's the best home field advantage in sports right now. And you got to play three games in Philly. The Phillies are undefeated at home in the playoffs. And I understand the Astros haven't lost the game either way. But the Phillies have been unbelievable at home because of the environment they build. Everything that's being mentioned from teams that they've eliminated is how tough of a place it is to play. And if they can win three games at home, you have to steal one game on the road with either Wheeler or Nola potentially winning it. That makes them a really, really tough out. So it's the home field advantage they have at the bank and the fact that on that field, they just seem unbeatable. It is the favorite, the juggernaut against the upstart. And and I think that's a perfect way, Connor, to, to put a bow on it because if the Phillies win, it's going to be for some sort of 
unexplainable reason, something that we can't point to this in the stat sheet and say, that is why. Guys, thank you so much. Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia Phillies by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Phillies podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. And finally, the NFL is reviewing a video. I know this normally can go way off the rails. This video also went off the rails, but not because the NFL is reviewing a play on the field. God forbid, a catch. No, the video appears to show two officials in uniform asking Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans for an autograph in the tunnel after Sunday's game against the Carolina Panthers. The video captured by 1340 AM Fox Sports shows side judge Jeff Lamberth and line judge Trip Sutter calling Evans' name and each getting autographs from the star receiver after Tampa Bay's 21-3 loss. Lamberth is in his 21st season as an official, and Sutter is in his fourth. Just another bad call by NFL officials. You hate to see it. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on tomorrow's show, which three and four team has the best chance to make the NFL playoffs? Probably not the Packers. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.